Align Your Practice podcast with Dr. Cliff Fisher, where your best practice and life awaits you. Are you tired of running a practice on your own? We want to come alongside you with experts to help you create your dream practice and your dream life. Here is your host. Hey, Tribe. Welcome to Align Your Practice with Dr. Joe and Dr. Cliff, brought to you by Align Life, where we want to give you the tools to find and create your aligned life. I am super excited to continue this journey on utilization of time effectively. And so today we're going to be talking about busy is being lazy. And I think that would like Joe and I were talking about that. I learned it from Darren Hardy was the first place I heard that. And I shared that with Joe and it's just kind of rocked both of our worlds. Cause I think <laughs> I always was so prideful on how busy I was. And um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so true. It's so true. Me too. I, I felt uh it was like an identity of being really busy. And I've, I've started to break that over the last number of years. And, uh, and it's just, it's hard to let go of identity. So there's so many things in our lives or that we're in practice that we grew up with that are affecting our productivity and practice, our outcome, our, our income, our relationships, because we're holding some type of identity. So breaking the busy as a as a, uh, a prideful thing is, is a breakthrough uh, because we need to sometimes slow down to speed up in business and doing the right things. Uh, I love what you said, and I don't want to go on too far of a tangent, but offline, Cliff, you said looking at your time, there's study and learn time, there's creative planning time, and there's production and work time. And just having that separation in your mind of where you should be allocating your time, that sometimes you, you're not, in a sense, busy when you're in your creative planning, right? right. You're not busy. Yeah, yeah. So when we say busy, it's the third <clears throat> one that Cliff said. And this is Cliff's, this is his genius. Study and learn, creative and planning, those are two different time, uh, utilization of time for those two. The third um, one, productivity and work, that's where I felt, and I think you felt, uh, that we, uh, we, we felt better uh, as a person and it's just productivity and work. So I felt more guilt if I stopped and studied and, and was learning, right? Or I wasn't uh, in my creative planning, in a sense of guilt for that. And what the slow down and speed up resonates with your, your principles here, right? Yeah. And like, honestly, when you bring those two up, like the study and learn, like that was a fun place for me. So I didn't feel like I was busy and I didn't feel like I was then adding value. And yeah, I, I love to study and learn. I could do that all day and night, um, <laughs> but there was always guilt around it. So I like that you broke those down. So those of you who want to take notes on that, Cliff's genius is allocating time for three different types of production versus what him and I always thought in, uh, in our career is work, productivity, like actually produce. Yeah. But the other times, study and learn and creative planning, you should uh, schedule and you should be um, inspired by instead of feel guilt that you're not working or producing. So I, I love that clip. Good job on that. Thanks. And I think the prep time, I think as we're talking about how to shift from being busy to productive for like the doctors out there, like we think it's like, oh, being in practice, seeing patients, that's the productive time the 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 two studies that are the two spaces i want to talk about is one space is for every hour of prep time you get six hours of production because sometimes we just get busy and we're running the wrong direction so we're getting further away from our goal rather than running towards it so taking that time to set our compass like okay here's where we want to go here's our plan this is how we're going to get there versus like hey let's hop in the car and i'm going to drive to chicago 
from North Carolina without a map or without any planning, that is going to, I'm never going to get there. But if I just take an hour to plan my trip, okay, I'm going to take it left here. I'm going to get on this freeway. I'm going to get on this highway. Then I'll get there faster, even though it doesn't feel as productive. I love that. And one of the tools in a line life that we teach is the, is the huddle. And we also teach sub goaling, which was taught by CJ Mertz years ago. What a great lesson that is. So huddle is where we get together before we see patients and we, we set the stage for the day. Someone may, you know, read a testimonial that we got off Google or read a prayer or an excerpt from a book or play a song or just uh, just talk, uh, grab a spine and, and teach the staff how neurology affects, you know, heart function or something. Just some 60 seconds of uh, inspiration. And then we go over the day. And going over the day is what we call sub-goaling, is where we look, how do we serve the patient and serve the practice at the same time? So we're procedures, promotions, policies, and clinical are things that you're going to look at every single person. If you're serving 40 that day, you're going to say, okay, Michelle needs, uh, she's got pronation on her feet. I want to schedule to get, uh, uh, get orthotics. I know that's affecting her low back. Michael didn't come to the Better Results Faster workshop. I want him to come. I want to promote it with his wife. So they come to the workshop next week. And uh, John is keeps missing appointments. I want to talk to him personally about policy so that we get him back on schedule so it doesn't keep causing missed appointments at the front desk, losing our structure. So that's sub-goaling. And that was the most impactful thing of any poly, any procedural thing that I experienced. When I sub-goal, I exploded the practice because I was serving the patient and serving the practice. But that's a slowdown and speed up. Is like, let's stop and do a huddle. Right. Now, what you said is intention throughout the day of like, what are you trying to accomplish, right? Plan the day. So you generate the outcome, not just serve what's given to you. You create an outcome of the day. You're creating new patients. You're creating opportunities. You're creating better clinical that to me is, you know, game changer. Yeah, I love that. And so John Wooden, he would spend two hours to prepare for a one hour practice. And this guy won the most NCAA championships ever. And still towards the end, towards the end of his career, he's still spending two hours for every practice. And he planned every single minute. He's like, this minute we'll be doing this. This minute we'll be doing this. And so wow. I think as a doctor, it's like planning for those huddles, planning for those things. You need to be knowing the answers before you ask the questions. So your team is like on board and on point with that stuff. That's interesting. Even with practice, uh, my sister uh, was divi a division one soccer player and my son played soccer. So I wanted to become a coach. So I, she became head coach and I was the assistant coach. And I figured I knew what I was doing. I remember the coach. I didn't play uh, division one soccer. So I remember soccer when I was in uh, as a young kid and we all stood in one line. There's 23 of us. And the coach would kick the ball. We'd run up and kick it to the goal. And you spend 20 minutes or a half an, 20 minutes waiting for your turn. And that was the practice. Christina coming from division one soccer. She, she looked up and spent time preparing this. She had six groups of kids, three of them in a circle, touch, 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 another three over here, another three over here. Everyone was getting the interaction. And to your point, that took a lot of time for her. And it was a magical experience for me waiting in line to kick the ball once. So the outcome of the team based on her planning, it was a different, uh, a different season. So that the season of your practice is the same thing of what Cliff's saying. But I love the sport analogy because I experienced that with Christina. Yeah. So that was huge for me. And then the other thing, I think doctors, a lot of times we miss sharing the philosophy with the team. 
Like I know some of our best trainings in Align Life is when we just unleash the philosophy of chiropractic and like the doctors get lit up, the team gets lit up. So don't miss that opportunity. Always bring it back to like clinical or like the philosophy of chiropractic. Sometimes don't get lost in the data. <clears throat> That's so big because you're in the room and a woman comes in and says, I haven't had menstrual crapping for the first time in 15 years and she's tearing and you hug her. And then the next one's coming in and it's like, my numbness is, is gone. They give you a high five and you're going through this journey. Then you come out of the room at the end of the day and go to the front desk. How many do we see? How much did we collect? <laughs> right. And they're like, they're like, God, he is, she is all about money. And, and you, you still have tears dried up on your face from the 19 experiences of the lives you changed and you're all mission-based. And at the end, you put on your business hat and say, how did we do? Right. Yeah. And yep. they, they didn't hear anything that you heard. They didn't live the mission in the room. So to Cliff's point, come out of that room, share the win of the day before we close. And you should put on your business hat and say, you know, what do we deliver? What kind of exchange do we do economically? How many numbers do we see? You should after you uh, spend a moment on mission. So I love that you said that, Cliff, because um, I would come out of that room lit up and sometimes I wouldn't share. Yeah. And one of my ninja moves I did in practice unconsciously, I had no idea what I was doing. But when somebody would tell me something there, I'd say, hey, could you go share that up front with Jen? Oh. She doesn't get to hear all the wins I do. So then she has a room full of people, the person sharing with the, the front desk. So they're getting lit up. Everybody else is hearing the story. And then the other, the person who's sharing the story is getting better at sharing their story. And then they get complimented oh my God, Jen on their story. <laughs> I just bought this mic. I want to drop this mic. <laughs> that is big. Teaching them how to tell the story too. Oh my goodness. All right, guys, please, everyone do that. <laughs> that is golden, golden, golden. Wow. Um, so, so that point is crucial. It's crucial. We talk about slowing down and speed up. Take a moment, stop the business and bring some lessons. I, I was told that I wasn't doing that type of thing. So I would bring the spine and say, do you know this nerve goes through this plexus and then it goes right to your hand or it goes to your digestive system? And, it, and then I would show how it comes from the brain and they draw on the floor. Someone has worked with me for 10 years, did not know that it actually went through the spinal cord. They just thought the nerves came out of nothing on the sides. Like, oh, you mean <laughs> the brain is connected to the spinal cord? I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes, it's all one thing. They didn't know. And we can't expect them to know the simplicity of what we would think is silly to talk about, right? It yeah. Just get to the basics. So amazing. So I know this on time management, but this is really a way to leverage that time so you're not spending your time sharing the story and inspiring your team. And so some of the things I really want to dive into is like some of the lessons, Joe, some of the tools you use um, for your time management so you are productive versus busy. So I, I came up with uh, Eben Pagan, his, his lessons, uh, Essentialism as another great book. If you guys want some tools, um, I, I studied some of what you and I are looking at, Darren Hardy's work. Um, so what, what are your influences in, in readings? Um, I think Effortless my you brought up. Effortless as a book, a yeah. sequel to Essentialism that I read. I didn't read Effortless, but you said that was meaningful. I'm midway through and it's been like really impactful of understanding of like making what's important the most important. And I think that brought me back to like Stephen Covey's like seven habits of highly successful. It's an oldie, but man, like honestly, like 
I think so much is built off of that, but understanding like what are the three or four most important things in your life? And then does your calendar mimic that or reflect that? So let's break it down a little, like you just said, in the calendar and productivity. So I schedule my morning rituals and I want to define ritual versus habit. A habit is something that you do often. A habit is something that requires your executive center of the brain, the, this, uh, the um, cognitive uh, part of your brain to make a decision. So it's like I often uh, work out. So I'm going to decide today, I'm done with practice, should I go to the gym? I'm going to ask the question. And then I'm going to either be too tired or I'm going to have energy. I'm going to decide to go or not to go. That's a habit. A ritual is brushing your teeth. You don't hold a toothbrush and say, should I brush today? I did brush <laughs> yesterday. I'm going to brush tomorrow. I'm a little tired. No, I think I'll do that tomorrow. You grab your toothbrush. When you shower, you're not even thinking, but you're moving your body the same way, your hands to wash your body. It's just instinctual. It doesn't have any executive reasoning to go into the activity or complete the activity. That's a ritual. Um, not a lot of cognitive function. What you want to do is take your self-care stuff as rituals, like the workout. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. I'm not going to talk about it, ask my brain about it. I just, it's a ritual. Whether I'm tired, whether I'm energetic, Whatever it happens, I'm going to do that activity. So do whatever you can to turn self-care processes into rituals if you can, and then try to leverage as much of it as you can at a certain time. Like for me, the morning ritual is I'll stretch, get a massage, listen to a podcast, and I'll do all that within about 45, 50 minutes. So compress those kind of things, but schedule your self-care. That's my first piece of advice. The second is productivity time. 90-minute windows, Darren Hardy talks about this a lot, is hit that 90 minutes, take a half-hour break, eat, relax, stretch, whatever you do uh, in between, and then take another 90-minute hit and begin your day with two 90-minute hits. Now, if you're in practice, that may not be as productive because you're seeing patients, obviously, but you may have during your Tuesday or your Thursday, you may be able to hit these productivity times, which I have in my schedule. And then on Friday, I schedule those windows and I name them and I put the tasks in, but they're already locked in my productivity times throughout the week. So I, I know where I'm going to be productive and then I just have to decide what I'm going to do. Any refinement on that uh, cliff from your perspective? No, I love it. And you know, even when you're in practice, like I like my 90 minutes, my two 90 minutes before oh, I start work. But even in practice, you just mix them in your day. Like here's my patient time. And then you create a 90 minute production. True. Time. True. I, I, I didn't think about that. You're right. So you have your prime time and, and that's your patient time. And then you have a time that you may have a patient great if you don't, uh, we're producing. I like that. Yeah. And then I love the habit versus ritual. Um, I think a lot of mine are still habits that I'm ingraining, but like having that morning routine. And so I think that's critical. Mine's the same. I've heard it called the power hour. Um, mine is like I... I have my book and I think one of the things, so I start out with this book and the way I win the morning is I win the evening. So my last 30 minutes of my day is planning my next day. If I start planning my morning, I've already, I've missed it. Like if I wake up in the morning, try to start planning it, I don't have a clear thought. I'm like jammed up. So plan your day the night before, then you can hit the ground running. 
I don't do that, but I love that. And I want to embrace that. That is, that is smart because there's so much creativity in the morning that if you're planning, it hurts my creativity. And I didn't realize that until you just said that. That's a, that's breakthrough for me. And then plan your week at the end of the week. So yeah. the, everything in your brain is about cycles. And we're going to go through this uh, next time on attention units. But I want to give you a little sneak peek into it. <laughs> we only have so much attention to give to things. And you got to be careful. So uh, your brain wants to close cycles. Tony Robbins talks about this. The cycles of action. Like you want to close it up. So when you close your week... You end the week, put a stamp on it, hit the gavel on the table, boom, the week is over. How did we do? I had five productivity things, to uh, five outcomes, and I accomplished three. And state the fact that you were X productivity that week and own it. Yeah. And then look at your stats and plan your next week and then shut off your brain on the need to produce <laughs> and yeah. enjoy, enjoy life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take note of that myself, Cliff. Thank you for that. Yeah. And then the other big one that was really impactful, and I learned this from Darren Hardy, was he calls it Sunday planning. And so you put your three most important goals that you want to accomplish that year, and you put those, and then you put all your planning for the week inside of that. Like, what are the things I have to get done this week? Where do they fit? And then you have a fourth box he calls the Devil's Vortex, and that's where you put all the other things you have to do <laughs> that aren't related to your three most important things. And so he says... The tighter you can get that devil's vortex, the more productive you are because then you're really focusing on what's important. And so the Sunday planning is really important. So I, I'm confused a little. So um, the three things for the year or the week? The year. Like, like at the end of the week, you're looking at – so Sunday, you're writing down the three things for the year that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Because, well, because you have to make sure like everything you're doing that week is moving you closer towards that. Otherwise, it lives in the devil's vortex. And so, like, when I look at my schedule, like, I put in, like, on mine, like, my three priorities for the 2023 is the healthiest version of me. I have an earning goal. And then I have getting my financial house in order. And so, then what I do on my Sunday planning is I put all three of those. And then am I working towards those or am I filling my stuff up with a bunch of busy stuff? That's great. That's great. So, um, if, if that's the most important thing, it has to be the most important thing. Well, it's interesting. We're we're, we're doing a strategy session to, today, later today, and um, it's a it's a quarterly planning session. And what I what the steps in uh, we use EOS as a process. What one of the steps that I didn't see is uh, you going over you know, your production, you going over your statistics, but is reflecting back to the year goal is what's the delta and gap that you're at from what you were going to produce. So going back to the year, cause you're trying to move a ship in a certain direction. Then we get caught in the, uh, the quarter, which you should in the week, which you should in the day, which you should, but then you may lose where you're the ship is trying to go. So that's interesting. Cliff. I, I definitely like that a lot. I, I don't like, I think Cliff's bringing me more value than I'm bringing him. I'm getting uncomfortable here. So <laughs> gonna, I'm going to have to find some juice in my history here to give you because that, that was huge, man. Big. Hey, this doesn't happen often, you guys. Like, because <laughs> most of the time, I feel like the the it's going the other way. So, <laughs> it is super critical because we need to. That's why having that compass or that north star is so critical. And in our personal life, it's our core values. But in our business life, or in our life, it's like we define. Like, we get to consciously pick what's important. Not when we feel good. Not when we we're like 
this is what I want to do this year. And then does everything line up with that? Or do I need to shift and change it? And so, um, but yeah. I think that's great. I think it's good to leave off here. What we want to do, uh, uh, well, let's wrap up with some of the thoughts of what you can do just so you have, if you didn't take notes. So what, what we talked about is 90 minute sessions. That's where the brain is most productive. So schedule that. It's better first thing in the morning. Plan the night before, as Cliff said, so you're not in your planning stage when you're supposed to be in your creative stage. That's my lesson learned. So in the morning, 90 minute session. Uh, if you can do two back to back with a space, if you're seeing patients, you only may get one. And then maybe you do one uh, later in the day or, or the days where you have half days. So you maybe do two sessions on your half days. So try to do that. Like Cliff said, plan the night before. And then at the end of the week, we want to plan for the following week. Again, starting Monday, ready to go, not starting the plan. Uh, Cliff, uh, you can express that final thing that you stated that I loved just in a recap on the uh, devil's devil's, uh, vortex. So the Sunday planning, like when you're doing your Sunday planning, just make sure that you are planning um, for the week. So I put all the things I need to get done in that week. And then I plan my Monday. So that's what I do on my Sunday planning. My wife's like, she'll see me in the morning and she'll be like, you didn't do your Sunday planning or you didn't do your morning thing, did you? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm off. Like when I'm on, I'm on. And when I'm off, I'm off. And so when I get those things done, it's super critical. I like doing my two 90-minute sessions first thing. So then when I get into my work day, I don't feel like I have work I have to do. I feel like I can be present for the people that I'm meeting with or um, that are – fires I'm putting out. And so that's where that's been really critical and crucial for me. And then, yeah, planning the night before the devil's vortex, just be careful that a lot of times we will do things that aren't those three most important things that we need to get done this year. And so, so with the devil's vortex, let's say I got to get my oil changed. I got to go fix something in the house. I got to take my daughter somewhere like those would go in there and then you can do those but you can't do stuff outside of that on top of that. Like it kind of controls how much you're not going to be productive. Right. Cause you're like 10 things. That's it. Then you end up trying to do the other things and it's self-awareness saying, wait a minute, you're not only doing those 10, you got another 20 that you're trying to do and you're totally off course. That's, I think that builds self-awareness for me. If I, if I use that, what you just said, that's great. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a number because like, you know, taking your daughter somewhere, if building value in your family is something that's on your top three most important things for that year, that could go into that one. But if it feels more like an errand, then it's a different thing. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't put, I would probably wouldn't put family in that box because that's a value. Uh, it's yeah. more just distractors. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Distractors of what you're trying to accomplish that year. That's, that's good. Okay. But we still have to get those things done. Like yeah. that's the thing, you know, like, like just, I'm like, I have a, a oil appointment this afternoon. And so like, it's in my devil's vortex, but got to do it. Yeah. All right. That's a good wrap, uh, Cliff. I think uh, next time we'll go over uh, outcomes of like being productive, meaning getting more done because Cliff's insights on the way you plan your day or the, the productivity sessions, that's going to help you create more stuff. But that doesn't mean better outcome. That doesn't mean more revenue. That doesn't mean more quality time with your family. It doesn't mean, it just means you're doing more stuff. So what we're going to do now, first, the the first uh, podcast we did on this was opening the door to the fallacies about time management. This one we talked about is is more about setting the stage of productivity throughout your day. And the next one is not necessarily productivity, but outcome. Are you focused on the right things? 
So we're going to break that down next time. I'm really excited for this next one, Clay. Cool. All right, Joe, again, thanks for your genius tribe. Have an awesome week um, and be productive. Don't just focus on being busy and, you know, figure out what's most important and do that. We'll see you guys next week. For opportunities to build your dream practice presented by Dr. Fisher, reach out to Align Life Centers for Natural Health at AlignLifeOpportunity.com.